Don't you appreciate it tonight? Where in the world would we be if it wasn't for the mercy of God? Remember, it's unmerited favor. Oh, I tell you one thing, I went down to the altar and I'd done this and I'd done that. It's all we'd done that got us in such a mess. It was mercy that got us out. How many is happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Isn't it a privilege for us to be able to come together and worship the Lord and sing and pray and turn in prayer requests and testimonies and things? Let's turn tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in, look at me, in this, in this, we groan. In this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, says it again, do groan. Being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed or just a roaming spirit, but closed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Ever since my daughter Erica had been sick and I've been giving you all updates and reports, so I thought it was time tonight that I would give you another update. I mean, I'd like to be remembered as we pray. Got a bunch of folks that are sick, all kinds of things going around. And, but let's just hold all these needs. Brother Louis and read several of them to you. <clears throat> And we'd like to be remembered as well. God bless each of you. Heavenly Father, we are a blessed people to live in this day. We can see all around us everywhere, Father, the world has never been in the condition that it's currently in. We can see your timepiece, the land of Israel. We can see the armies that are gathering. We have now from America sent our largest naval carrier, the largest one that's ever been built. We have one in the Mediterranean, one in coming on down on the other side near the land of Hormuz, France, England, Iran is rattling their saber, Syria rattling theirs, Yemen, Egypt, the armies of the world. We're reminded that the prophet in the Old Testament said, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling and all the nations 
shall come together. Father, we see how that in a a few days' time, this thing could so turn around. Lord God, what we want to do is be ready, for we don't know when the end will finally come. This may not be it, but it will come something similar to this, and we can see the Jewish cause and how the people of America, even in our own government, senators, congressmen, all different types of people that have taken sides with murderers, rapists, men that have cut the heads off of babies, and we got Americans that are siding up with that. It shows the pre-tribulation anointing is on the earth. We can see, Lord, how that thing that was on the Nazis is not dead. It's still alive. But Lord Jesus, we're so grateful that we have another anointing on us, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. May you help us tonight as we look into your word, as we look into our future. Father, you see this prayer cross I have in my hand. Lord, my sister, you see this that she's dealing with in her body. In the name of Jesus, when she lays it on her, may it leave her. Satan, we say to you, you are defeated. Father, we worship you tonight. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And the saints said, God bless you. You may be seated. I'd like to read to you from trying to do God a service. My dear brethren, I have this message this morning. There is a land beyond the river that they call the sweet forever. There will glorify him through the ages. Why do we feel that? Because the deep is calling to the deep. And as long as there's a deep calling, there's got to be a deep to respond to that call or there wouldn't be no call. I've given you reports of doctors and their scans and their tests and their results and their prognosis and their ideologies and their opinions But I'd like to share with you tonight, as all of you know, Erica has moved. She was called from her old house to a new one. Not only her, of course, but others are sitting here tonight that have lost husbands, wives, children, uh, family, friends. So it's not just an update really for Erica alone, but it's an update for every one of our loved ones, and maybe even some of you sitting here tonight. You may get updated by this weekend. We never know. So we believe that it was the will of God that he would call her home. The devil did not take her. Cancer did not take her, no more than it can take you, but it was the will of God. And Satan wasn't just really after her body. He was after her face. And he never got it. And he never got ours either. Now, let me show you 
the best of what life can give you. And then we'll go from there. I want you to listen to this comparison. The prophet said, here's the best that life could give you. Did you ever go down to the Colgate dump? It's the stinkingest place I was ever at. That old smoke just makes me sick to smell it. Laying down there in that old smoke, so sick that your stomach turning inside out after taking castor oil. We all know how I love that. So just as sick as you can be, rats running all over you. Now listen, this is the best life can give you. Rats running all over you. You're sick, you're about to vomit. The smoke is in your nose. And notice what the rats are doing. Rats running all over you, trying to eat on you. Now this is the very best that life can give you, which more than likely, none of us have even had life's very best. So if this is the best, can you imagine what the most of the rest of us have? The rats ain't just trying to eat on us, they don't eat part of us up, I suppose. So this would be the best of those that have lived in this life. Now notice how he compares it, and then that's the best of life. Then somebody reached down and picked you up. You're real old and you can't help yourself and just pick you up and turn you into an 18-year-old boy and set you up on top of a mountain in the very bloom of health, my good breath of fresh air like that, good cold drink of water, would you ever wanna go back to that dump again? No, brother, never, never go to that dump again. Now, if the best of life then is a smoking, filthy cauldron of a mess, grass running all over you, trying to eat on you, and then all of a sudden somebody reaches down and picks you up and pulls you up on a mountain and they change your body and you're the bloom of youth, and you're allowed to breathe, not smoke. No rats running over your body, but you're standing there breathing the breath of life and you've entered into eternity. Now, let me just give you a disclaimer, okay? There are folks, it may be hard for you to understand this and believe it, but there are folks that actually like to stream our services for one reason. And that is so they can find fault with what we preach. So that they can be able to find things to pick on. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you tonight, get your big pencil and your big pad out because I'm going to give you a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Now, I realize that there are people that hang around the fringes of the message. They really don't preach the message. They really don't make the message a part of their absolute. So what they are, they are a hybridized 
message identified Baptist Church of Christ Nazarene Pentecostal Church. So they take what part of the message they want and then they add a little bit of Baptist and a little bit of Methodist and a little bit of Pentecostal and a little bit of Catholicism and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I'm gonna say a disclaimer for you tonight, this service ain't gonna be for you either. But who this service is gonna be for is going to be for identified seed of God. Because to you, it's gonna mean everything. Now to everybody else, I feel sorry for you whether you're streaming or whether you just happened to stumble in tonight and you're not even sure why you're here. But hopefully, if you just happen that way, maybe you'll be able to get something that'll stir you up and help you to realize there's more to God than a church membership. There's more to God than saying, well, I'm gonna go to church tonight, maybe I'll get something, that there's another world that is more real than the one we're living in right here tonight. Now, to some, you know, in the way that they look at the prophet and the way that they look at his message, they're okay with you reading things that he said as long as it goes along with what they believe. Um, I really ain't got a whole lot of time for folks like that because the way I look at it, if God wanted to give them that type of position, he would have made them Malachi for it and not the man that he made Malachi for So I want to relate to you tonight from one who was carried beyond the curtain of time. Now, I know some would say, well, you know, we just have to take his word for that. And I agree with you on that. I personally have never made a trip to the moon, although I've seen moon rocks. I've never actually walked on the moon. I've seen pictures of men who did. I've seen videos of them as they're bouncing along. Now, some of you might question and say, but that wasn't in the moon. That was out there in Nevada somewhere in the desert. Well, that's up to you if that's what you wish to believe. But I personally believe that they've been there and come back. So if I'm gonna ask somebody about the moon, I'm not gonna ask somebody that don't believe they've been there. I would rather reference a man who jumped up and down on it and walked across through there and took that flight up and then come back and said, wow, what a place. So to me then, what I would like to do tonight by the help of the Lord is to be able to update you on where our little sister Erica has gone where Brother Jim Babb has been gone, to where Simon Peter has been gone, Paul has been gone, Andrew, all the rest of those who are the elect of God, who have a celestial body prepared for them before the foundation of the world. Now, for those of you who would like to make that journey with me tonight, I trust there's gonna be a whole bunch of you, then I hope that it will help you to be able to see where we are here left. Now, I believe myself that we're closer to the end time than we've ever been in all of our lives. You believe that with me, I'm sure. We can see all the conditions of the world of sin and the blindness and the darkness that's around everywhere. 
And I believe that the same Lord Jesus that said he would go away is gonna come again in like manner and receive us to himself. And we know that he created seven dimensions, light, matter, time, science, where the unbeliever goes, where the believer goes, and where God is. Where the unbeliever goes, I'm not interested in because I have no plan on going there. I contact the first four every day of my life. The fifth is not me, it's not who I am. The sixth, I'm not sure yet if I will go there. But I have many loved ones that are already there. So I'm very interested in that world. Now I've been studying on it for quite some time and Brother Tim Pruitt also had been studying on it apparently so he, he put, put together a file and sent it to me this week. So some of the quotes I'm gonna share with you tonight Brother Tim had sent to me. And I thought it was such a blessing that it might be a blessing to you and I hope that it will. Now what God did was as God had Joshua to pick out some spies as Moses did of course and sent them over into the land and they, they ventured through the land. They went northward, southward, eastward, westward and they brought back grapes and they brought back all kinds of evidence of the land. And then there was men of course that Moses had sent and they had an, a, a report of unbelief. And they kind of overrode those two voices of faith and still they brought back the grapes and the evidence that it was a good land. But the report was so laced with fear and so laced with the dominance of the people instead of the dominance of God that the people believed their report instead of the report of faith. And yet like that, Joshua then, he picks a couple and he sends them over and they go back and they come back with a report as well. Now they had never been there. So God, for whatever reason, I don't have the answer to this, but for whatever reason, God out of all the seven church ages, that God reserved a special visitation into the sixth dimension. Now Paul went into a place and he said whether it was into the body or out of the body, he could not tell. But I knew such a one of them 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, but he heard things that was unlawful for a man to utter. Now think whatever it was and wherever it was that Paul went, he saw things that he could not come back and tell that age. For whatever reason, the Lord reserved, not through the second church age, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, but God reserved the visitation into under the altar area or the sixth dimension for the seventh angel messenger. Now there must have been a specific reason in the mind of God that he wanted to save that for us. But oh, I'm so grateful that he was not only able to go but to bring us a report back and say this is what it's like. Now I want you to notice now that, that some of this might seem a little odd to you. That Brother Branham was actually afraid of death. Now listen, he was afraid of death. Not because he was afraid he would be lost. But remember now, this is a man who dealt in the spirit realm, saw demons, saw angels, saw spirits, saw all types of things. And it affected him in the sense that he thought in his mind that when a mortal died, they would become a spirit. Now I know you're waiting for the quote. All right, here it is. 
Patmos vision. I was afraid of death and the Holy Spirit taken me over and showed me what it was. So now he was afraid to die, but he wasn't afraid he was gonna be lost. He was afraid he would become a disembodied spirit a disembodied spirit. So he would just float around. And he said, I'd reach over to shake Brother Neville's hand, but his hand was laying out there rotted in the grave. So he needed this for himself. So notice what happened now. You've heard the testimony that when I come back, then death, where is your stinger? Now notice this word, transmitted. Transmitted to see what was just beyond the curtain, transmitted, transmitted, like you would a radio signal or a TV signal. So it was transmitted. So God took his servant and transmitted him to the sixth dimension to see what was beyond the curtain. He let me come back to tell you that beyond there were not spooks and spirits, were men and women, young, never die. Oh, glory. Never die, never get sick, just be on the veil. Death can do no more to you than pull you right into that place. Now, remember when Brother Branham has this visitation, you know, the full gospel businessman was quite a, quite a thing during the time uh, that he was here. And they actually had full gospel businessmen's voice and they had a magazine. And I want you to notice that now we've got all these critics of Brother Branham and they say he was a liar and a false prophet and this and that and the other. But you know, the contemporaries of Brother Branham's day, if you'll get their opinion of him, you might be quite surprised. It's real easy for these people to come that wasn't even there. They never sat in none of the meetings. They wasn't around when none of it happened. But why don't you listen to the, some of the men that was right there where he was? Why don't you listen to them? And it was them that published this that we're fixing to read about tonight. They had such confidence. They disagreed with him on the Godhead. They disagreed with him on serpent seed. They disagreed with him on a lot of his doctrine. But they had such confidence in this man's walk with God, they published this visitation in the full gospel businessman's voice and it went all around the globe. It was not William Branham that printed that, but it was those men who disagreed with him. Why? Because they was afraid to stand before that gift. Now, once you notice how far the sixth dimension is from where we are right now. I want you to think. Not over 20 feet from where you are sitting is this world. Eternity. I looked and in just a moment, one breath. So it would be like this. And you're gone. In just a moment, one breath, 
I'd come into a little place that slanted. I looked back and there I was laying on the bed. And I said, this is a strange thing. They was grabbing me. And screaming, our precious brother. Now remember, he's, he's not 20 feet from his bed, so he's elevated up here, and he's in between these two worlds. And he's looking back at his bed, and he can see himself laying there, and his hands are behind his head, and he can see his wife laying there. And he's in time, but in eternity, at the same time. They were saying, our precious brother, and I, I don't know, and I turned around and I looked there where I was laying on the bed. Now, wherever it is, it ain't very far from here. If it's another dimension of what, I can't say, but I looked back and I seen myself laying on the bed and I looked this way and here were these people, so he's looking this way and here were these people and he looks this way and there he is. An update on Erica's situation. What happened, I cannot say whether I was in the body or whether it was a translation. I do not know, but it was unlike any vision I'd ever had. I could see the place to which I was taken. I believe I was caught to that sixth dimension. Looking back down here and could see back. You remember when the prophet had lost his wife and his baby and in life story, he tells us that he was so far beyond himself that he tried to take his life. And he was so worn out that he fell asleep and had a dream. And in the dream, he saw this beautiful young woman, saw the broken wagon wheel. When he comes up to this woman, she said, hello, daddy. He said, daddy, well, you're the same age I am. She said, don't you know me? In this life, I was your daughter, Sherry. Oh, Sherry, honey. She said, where's Billy? He just crossed over, you know. She'd been down there waiting for him for quite a while. He arrived. Where's mommy? Where's Sherry? Oh, she's waiting for you. You remember the dream? And she tells him, Bill, stop worrying about me. I don't hope I, I just can't do it. I, I'm, I'm just wild. I'm out of my mind. I, I just can't do it. She said, I know. I know what's been going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now for you message preachers, that ain't got enough guts to stand in your pulpit and preach the message. 
this ain't gonna interest you none. But if you're a real message believer, you know yourself, this is where you identify. That's right. The fifth seal. Now remember, this is under the altar. It's not where Jesus is. They're not yet walking on streets of gold. They're not in the city yet. They're in a place that is emerging together of earthly and heavenly. No streets of gold, no gates of pearl, but fields of flowing bluegrass. Trees, streams, rivers. Glory to God. It looked like a great big, like a great big field like or something. A great spreading field of bluegrass. And I said, well, I wonder what, what is this? And all of a sudden I looked and here come thousands times thousands of young women. Isn't it amazing the women come first? Wow. Now he had the identification when he was here that he was a woman hater. But they sure didn't believe that in the sixth dimension. As a matter of fact, you sisters got to go before us brothers. Hallelujah. Now notice all in white robes, hair hanging down to their waist, barefooted. And they were running right towards me. Now just keep in mind, when Sister Erica stepped out across the river and stepped out of the boat when it landed, they was coming to meet her too. And unlike she was the last time I touched her head laying there in the hospital and read her Psalm 23 and rubbed my hand over the top of her bald head where the radiation had killed her hair. Her hair was hanging back down here. Hallelujah. 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 And I thought, now what's this? And I turned around and looked back there. Notice here he is, he's there, but looking back here. And there I was. He he can't get over it. He stays there and he said, what am I doing here? I'm here in another world and yet I'm looking back there at myself. Hallelujah. I looked up this way and there they come. So he's looking at himself and then he's looking back this way and here there's thousands and hundreds of thousands coming toward him and he's looking back there and he said, there I am and there they are. Now notice what he done. I bit my finger. And I said, I'm not asleep exactly, but I could feel. Now, when you go to studying this, you realize how many times that he says it's similar like this. 
He talks about feeling and senses. Now, this was so vitally important to him because it was testifying to him that you're not a disembodied spirit. Isn't it peculiar that he was in the sixth dimension and he bit his finger? What's he testing for? Feeling. 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 Then later he takes his hand, Brother Phil, and runs it up on the top of his head and his hair is back. What's he doing? Feeling. Feeling. They're not spirits. It's a body. And I said, well, if I had passed on, I want to see Jesus. He was all my life. I want to see him. So he said, you can't see him now. He's still higher. See, it was below the altar yet. The sixth place where man goes, not the seventh where God is. Seventh dimension. The sixth. Well, I debate that. Well, when you make your trip to the moon and come back, we'll hear your side of it. But until you do, I'm going to take his. Anybody else with me? They were all there and they were passing by and I said, look like there was actually 50 or 60 of them. Or there might have been pressing 70. I don't know. It's a damnable doctrine. For us to get in our mind, there's only about four or five hundred of us. I'm gonna tell you something, friend. He was not seeing Paul's people. He was not seeing Luther's people. He was not seeing Wesley's people. This was the people of our age. It was us and the others that believed the word of this age. He never saw Paul. He never saw Luther. Oh my, these women and men still running by and hugging me and calling me brother so he could see here and there. Erica, honey, if you can look over that banister, We want you to know we miss you. And we'll always love you. But we're journeying on. We are broken hearted, but not defeated. We didn't get what we thought was coming, but we're still victorious. The end didn't come in the way we thought it was, but we are still unstoppable. Erica, honey, if you want to look across, we're still praying. We're still singing. We're still worshiping. We're still believing God performs miracles. Things that are to be, I looked, and I I looked, and I thought, my What is this? Great green hills. And young women was coming from everything by the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. 
and they were all coming. Long hair hanging down their back, white robes on, barefooted, screaming, hollering, noisy bunch. I said a noisy bunch. Screaming, hollering, our brother. And I thought, now this is strange. And I turned back around and looked, and there I laid right there. He says this over and over again. For five years, this is the last time that he refers to it, right before he's taken off the scene. And he said the same thing over and over again, continuously for five years, that he was looking here and looking there, looking here and looking there. And there I laid, and there was my wife laying there on the bed. And I said, now you know what? I died. That's what happened, I've died. And I might have had a heart attack or something, I've died, there lays my body. I was just laying there with my hands back like that, stiff, stiff. And I thought, that's not 20 feet from me. You mean to tell me, Paul, Brother Jim, Sister Linda, Yours too. You mean he's not but 20 feet from you? Right. 20 feet. And there I was looking and I thought, there's my wife there, there's everything. There's my shirt hanging on that bedpost. So he took his shirt off the night before and hung it up on the bedpost of his bed. And I thought, here I am. Glory to God. Now I'm going to tell you the truth. I was afraid to die. Not afraid I'd be lost. But I didn't want to be a spirit. And I wanted just to remain a man. I wanted to wait for the rapture. See, I wanted to stay like that. I didn't want to be no spirit. (laughs) Notice again, he said, but I notice this and I say, don't be afraid. Death is just a scarecrow trying to keep you away from something. My, it's so glorious. It's beyond anything you could think of. Brother Neville actually takes this article and reads it from the full gospel businessman's voice at the tabernacle. You can find it on the message info base if you'd like to read it. I'll take excerpts from it. As I begin to try to comprehend the place where I was. Glory to God. Can you imagine you're trying to comprehend the place where you are? I began to realize that there was no yesterday and no tomorrow there. So as he was starting to go into this deeper and this experience of this transmission, and he's starting to realize more and more about it, and who knows how long he was there. 
And he began to realize, I, I thought this was amazing, that one of the first things he began to come into comprehension was that there was no yesterday and no tomorrow. In other words, there was no timekeeping going on there. So Paul and Peter and those that had been there for over 2,000 years, it just thought they'd not been any, there any longer than Erica's been there for a couple of weeks. Or Brother Bob that passed away just a couple of days ago. It's like you're not wore out. It's like you're not tired. You're not bored. Wow, that is really heaven, right? Us human beings not being bored. It's like there's no tomorrow. There's no yesterday. You have just arrived. No one seemed to get tired. As a multitude of the most beautiful young women I've ever seen threw their arms around me, I discovered, I discovered there was only a great love that overwhelmed me and no physical attraction as in the human behavior. I noticed these young women all wore their hair down to their waistlines and their skirts went down to their feet. Oh, sisters, when you arrive there, you will be so glad you were identified in a skirt church. you to notice not one woman had on shorts not one of them women had on pants not one of them women had bobbed hair come on somebody if they didn't have it then what makes people think they can dress like that now and walk down them fields of grass and streets of gold These women run up and throw their arms around me and say, oh, our precious brother, I'm so happy you are here. And it was amazing, all of them young and the most prettiest women, long hair, dresses long, you know, like robes. So the dresses, skirts merge in together like robes. Listen at them, white, silk-like robes. How pretty they look. Now I want you to notice in the fifth seal how God diversifies and yet also individualizes in that dimension. There won't be no clothing stores there. There won't be a TJ Maxx and a, you know, a Fifth Avenue and a Saxon and this and that and the other. No, actually all of us in that dimension dress the same. But it's your hair color and your facial features that differentiate you one between the other. Oh my goodness, some of you sisters are really going to have to be changed. Because some of you will go all the way to Asheville to find a dress that nobody in the church has one like. And you go there and say, I ain't seen nobody wear this, this dress in church. And you come in on Sunday morning and sit down and the sister's sitting three rows in front of you. You've got on the same dress. And you say, oh shoot, 
Oh my goodness, you know, I've, I've done this and I've done that. You know what? All that vanity about us will be gone when we get there. <laughs> Notice what he sees about them now. I thought everyone dressed. But they had their hair different. Red hair, except none of the redheads there have a temper. <clears throat> I mean, uh, <clears throat> red hair and black hair and blonde hair, but he didn't see no gray. Red hair, black hair, blonde hair. Praise God. Isn't this strange? And you'd think, wow, you're, you're caught up into a mention like that. Why in the world would that stick out to you? Because you're wanting to make sure they're not spirits. They touch you. They feel. And they have hair. And they was coming by and they was all young. And when she got to me, now he's talking about hope. And when she got to me, I thought, I'm just going to see what she says. Now, here's his first wife. She looked up at me and she said, Oh, our precious brother. She hugged me and just went on. Some of them other women come. And hugged me next. And finally, us brothers said, Out of the way, sisters! Out of the way! It's our turn! And I heard a noise. Praise God. Must have been some of the word of life, Christians. I heard a noise and looked over this way, and here come a bunch of men. Young fellows. All the age of about 20. Young men in the brilliance of young manhood. Looked like they kind of had kind of shaggy hair on their shoulder. Good Lord. Hippie heaven. Now, you see, some preachers in the message that wouldn't want you to know that's in there, they would gently edit that and put dot, 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 dot. You want me to preach you the message or you want me to doctor it for you? They had dark hair and blonde hair and they all had on white robes and barefooted. I'm definitely going to have to be changed to go barefooted. And they run to me and begin hugging. Oh, notice what they were doing. Hug me and hollering. Praise God. And some of you all thought, I'll be so glad when we get out of this. I'm so sick and tired of Brother Donnie hollering and screaming. You ain't seen or heard nothing yet. 
I'll tell you one thing, if we be able to look over there beyond that time, my little old daughter, which I never saw her shout and dance, I don't think one time in her life, she probably ain't stopped since. She probably ain't even slowed down, running up to there hollering and praising God. Already hugged the prophet of God. Already saw my, my many loved ones and friends from the assembly right here and still shouting through them bluegrass field and saying, come on, daddy. Come on, daddy, preach it to him. Come on, Harry, sing it to him. Come on, Brother Louie, encourage him. Come on, Justin, come on, it's worth it. I can see you. I know you're hurt, but come on, it's worth it. I want you to notice they were hollering and saying, precious brother. And they were the nicest looking people I ever seen. Now there was something about the eyes. Now you can follow this from 1960 right on down. The eyes so stuck out to him in the way the eyes appeared. Notice what he says. With eyes glistening like stars. As we are naturally, so are we spiritually in the sense that our eyes try to peer sometimes into the will of God. And we can't make no sense out of it. Why? We're still deluded from that glory. We still haven't got it yet, Brother Jack. We still haven't got that restoration. And the glisten, the sparkle is not in our spiritual eyes either like it will be. But as you study this, you'll see that he mentions it over and over, sparkling, glistening, shining. And it's so stuck out to him because apparently he had never seen human eyes that look like those. And they just sparkled like a star oh, in the midnight. Notice he said, was eyes glistening like stars on a darkened night and teeth as white as pearls. Oh, glory to God. So you imagine when these saints open their mouths and they smile because nobody ever frowns there. And when they smile and that smile comes all over their face and their, their teeth are as white as pearls. And their eyes are just glistening. Why? They've been restored back to eternity. You see, the Bible tells us in the return of the glorious kingdom on the earth, the sun will shine seven times brighter than what it does now. The light will come to its full circle and we will be illuminated again. In that theophany, it's a word form body that you bypass to come here. Now we're looking through a glass darkly and our eyes are dimmed. They embrace me saying, our precious brother. Again, it says, then there come brethren, the most handsome men I'd ever seen look like all of them about 20 years old. And their eyes sparkly. Oh, that just, everyone, just every ounce of man. I wondered, and they were picking me up and hugging me saying, oh, our precious brother. 
You mean they weren't throwing him in hell? They weren't calling him a liar and a false prophet? No, them folks ain't there. I got an email from a guy yesterday. And he was saying after 30 some years, he was leaving this nonsense of the message. William Branham was a false prophet, he said, and a liar. I emailed him back and I said, sir, I feel so sorry for you speaking against God's prophet in this message. Well, he went on back and forth, back and forth. I thought, I ain't got time to deal with garbage. So I just blocked him. But can you imagine being around this great truth for 30 something years and all of a sudden, sudden you turn from a table that spread with all the fine culinary artistry of God. In other words, good spiritual food. And you go back to a garbage dump of Pentecost or you go back to a garbage dump of Catholicism or denominational, come on somebody, and you go to feeding off that old Icarian. Oh my, I heard a noise and I looked over this wing. Here come a bunch of men, young fellas, all the age of about 20. Had dark hair, blonde hair, and they all had white robes on and barefooted. And they run to me and begin to hug me, hollering, precious brother. And I thought I'd turn back around and there I was still laying there. And now, can you imagine? Here you are being hugged by brothers from eternity. And you can feel the theophany going around you. You're looking at millions in theophany bodies and you turn and look and there lays your old carcass on the bed. And I was still laying there and I thought, wow, now this is strange. And just then a voice went to talking to me. I never did see the voice. I love the way he said that. I never did see the voice. That <laughs> was talking to me. And it said, you've been gathered, gathered to your people. Then some man picked me up and set me up on a big high thing like this. And I said, why'd you do that? Said, in earth, you was a leader. Now, why don't you listen carefully? They had been waiting on his arrival. Here come men, look like they were kind of shaggy hair hanging down on their shoulder. Nicest people I'd ever seen, eyes starry, pearly white teeth. They were throwing their arms around him and saying, oh my precious brother. And one of them hollered at the other one and said, think, he's arrived. He's arrived at last. So whether you go tonight or go 10 years from now, they're expecting you. Imagine my little darling girl do her last breath. And in a moment, a breath away, she steps into that theophany body. Brother Jim Babb, her Aunt Sharon, 
one after another after another comes down to the river. Imagine them saying to her, you've arrived. Them hollering up, she's here. Sister Erica is here. Tell them, tell them. And here it went, she's here. She's here. She completed her journey. She's healed of her mortality. She's back into eternity where she was in the mind of God. She has arrived. He says, and beyond the curtain of time, here come my own darling wife. And she died when she was but 22. Here she comes, Billy's mother, and she come up and said, oh, she'll call me her husband. She's making her way through the crowd, waving at me like that. I could see those black eyes just a-shining. She was a German girl. She ran up and threw her arms around me and said, my darling brother. There had been a real pretty woman standing there. She just put her arms around me and said, oh, precious brother, then hope. That was my wife. She put her arm and she put her arm around this other woman and she said, isn't it wonderful? He's with us now. Isn't it amazing how we feel so sad when a dear loved one leaves and they are waiting with such anticipation. What is it? The contrast between the two dimensions. We feel this, this spot in our heart, whether it's your mama, your daddy, whoever it is. And oh, oh Lord, oh Lord, I'll, I'll never get over this. I'll never. And truly, if you really love them right, they'll always be there. Yes. And we say, how in the world? The Bible says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But it does not say precious is the hole that's made in your heart. Precious is the lonely nights that you spend crying. Precious are the days that you languished because that loved one. No, he didn't say that, but what he said was, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And that was when the saints went down near Hades. They never even knew there was such a place called paradise until Jesus himself unveiled it in the parable in the book of Luke. Do you realize if paradise was that awesome, what about up here in the sixth dimension? You see, when he shed his blood at the cross, he emptied out paradise. Amen. And took them all up to the sixth dimension. Praise the Lord. Paradise was nothing compared to where they are now. Isn't it wonderful? He's with us now. How many wants to know what it takes to get there? I'm going to tell you. Now remember, this is from the astronaut who was blasted off and carried up to the surface of the sixth dimension. Now while he's there, he begins to hear heavenly things. And earthly things as well. 
There's no words that I can think of. I'd say of superb or supreme or perfect, that wouldn't touch it. There, there was no tomorrow. There was no yesterday. They were in eternity. And they never got tired. They never had to eat. Notice this emphasis again. Yet, they had senses. I could feel them. They could speak. They was looking at me. They had senses. And I said, I don't understand this. And that voice said, this is perfect love. Said, isn't that what you spoke? The Holy Spirit was. And I said, yes. This is perfect love. No wonder he says, lay aside everything until you get perfect love. Signs, wonders, miracles, shouting, dancing, all good. But you can do all of that and still not have perfect love. Notice this, whatever you do, lay aside everything else until you get perfect love. Get to where you can love everybody, even every enemy. No matter if the plane is rocking, the lightning is flashing, or the guns of the enemy are upon you, these things do not matter. Get perfect love. If you've not saved, accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've not been baptized in water, be baptized now. Notice the urgency of him coming back from that. He said, I will never be the same Brother Branham again. Oh, I wish God would let us just have a little bit of it tonight where we wouldn't be. If you have not received the baptism and the Holy Spirit, receive it now. Press on into that perfect love which will take you to that beautiful and joyful place beyond the curtain of time. I believe the church is beginning to hear the message and beginning to understand it. But friend, listen. We've got to lay in the presence of the Son. We've got to be ripened. Our faith isn't ripe. Intellectually, we're hearing the message that God has given us and seeing the signs that he showed us and proving it by the Bible. It's here, but oh, how the church needs to lay in the presence, his presence till it tenders up, you know, gets sweet in the spirit so it can bathe down. How many be honest tonight and say, Lord, I need more of that? How many can love your enemies and forgive them no matter what people say against you? You hold, you hold, you hold no hard feelings at all. Ah, a few hands going up, right? Sometime in speaking the message, you get harsh. You have to break it in like that because you've got to clench a nail to make it whole. But listen, but when the church once gets it, the elected is called out and separated in the presence of God, I know it'll be something like the people was there. Oh my goodness. It will be something like the people was there. When? When it takes its rapture. What will it be? The merging of the dimensions. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. 
Now take this image of what I've showed to you tonight. They are there. Don't judge your wife by it. Don't judge your husband, your children, your pastor, the deacons. But look at yourself and see how you are in comparison to them. Say, Lord, am I close enough? Am I close enough? Am I like you? Lord, have I still got this in me that bothers you and grieves you? How many wants to be like that? Let me close. And I thought, oh my, I was afraid of this while these people are real. She keeps coming back to it. They're not, they're not spirits. They're real. They wasn't going anywhere. They wasn't tired being there. And I said, well, why can't I see Jesus? I said, well, he will come someday. And he will come to you first. And then you'll be judged. Said so these people are your converts that you've led. And I said, you mean being a leader that he will judge me? He said, yes. I said, does every leader have to be judged like that? So every preacher that stands in the pulpit will be judged. Those who compromise on the message and won't preach it so they can get a big crowd, they're going to be judged for it. Those that preach for money, preach for this, that, and the other, popularity, they're going to be judged for it. I'll be judged. I said, I'll be judged. Notice this. I said, you mean being a leader? He will judge me? Yes. I said, does every leader have to be judged like that? Yes. I said, what about Paul? He said, he will have to be judged with, notice, not you. So you see this message people so-called, well, I'm staying with Paul, as if though the prophet of God in this age said something different than Paul. You ain't got no sense even being in the pulpit. Preachers that have that conception, they don't even even claim that they're even preachers. Well, I know y'all keep getting quiet on me all like this, but if you knew what I knew about a lot of folks around this message, you'd at least squeak out an ouch, even if you can't get out an amen. The closer we get to the end of the way, the fewer and fewer preachers are gonna be preaching this message who say they're preaching it now. Why? Because the persecution is gonna be so hard, but God's got some that'll stand and preach the truth no matter how hard it gets. They're not looking for a crowd, they're looking for the cloud. I said, what about Paul? And he said, he'll have to be judge of this. Well, I said, if his group goes in, so will mine. Because I preached exactly the same word. I said, were he baptized in Jesus' name? I did too. And let me just come back to that and say, I did too. Well, glory to God. I want you to notice your reaction. And the millions screamed out all at once and said, we, all glory to God, we're resting on that. Hallelujah. So 
So then where do you think some of these so-called message preachers are going to be? Whenever they will not preach things the prophet of God said because they think their knowledge is so great and superior in the scripture that they think Brother Branham preached something wrong and they have the right understanding. Well, I'm going to stay with what Paul said. You're not even going to stand with Paul. The church age messenger of this age will stand there and judge every preacher and he'll either say something for you or against you. Brother Branham will stand there in that day and condemn many that have stood and say, why did you add to what I say? Why did you say there was eight church ages? Why did you say there was an eighth day? Why did you say men could have more than one wife and practice polygamy in the church? Come on, somebody. Why did you say this and that and the other? You realize the same prophet of God will stand right there and condemn them? Or he'll look behind him and say, all right, Tim, come on. All right, Donnie, or whatever my word name is. Come on, Paul, come on, John, come on, Joe, come on, Dale, stand here with me. You belong in my ranks. Hallelujah. Paul baptized in Jesus' name, I baptized in Jesus' name, and you brothers baptized in Jesus' name. Paul taught he was the same yesterday and forever. I taught that and you brothers taught it. Come on, brothers. Let's go up to the throne of God and let me present you to Christ Jesus as his bride. I gotta be honest with you, friends. I don't understand some of these so-called message people that would choose a compromising preacher and leave the ministry of a God-called man that's preaching the end time message and go sit under some gaggy hybrid that mixes a little bit of message and a little bit of Pentecost and a little bit of Baptist and a little bit of this. Oh my goodness, the only thing I can say is they must have a gaggy appetite. I don't understand anybody not want to hear the message of the hour preached in their church. Why in the world would anybody want to sit under a preacher that is ashamed to mention the name of our messenger? Gonna keep on, you're gonna get me killed. Millions screamed out all at once and said, We're resting on that. And I thought, My, if I only knew this before I come here, I'd make people come here. They can't afford to miss this. And he said, Someday he will come. Now, in here, we neither eat or drink or sleep. So, Erica hasn't ate drank or slept and she won't until she gets her glorified body. Just a little update. I thought you might be interested to know. Why, it isn't perfect. It's beyond perfect. It's not sublime, it's beyond sublime. There's no name that you can think. There ain't no word in the vocabulary to say it. You've just arrived. That's all. 
<laughs> Somebody needs to write a song about that. You've just arrived. That's all. And I thought, this will be perfect. And what are we going to do next? Well, I said, well, then when Jesus comes and he judges you for your ministry, then we go back to earth and we take up bodies. Well, I never thought about it then. Uh-huh. He's a word prophet, wasn't he? That's exactly the scripture. Then we go back to earth and take up bodies. Then we eat. We don't eat here. Neither do we sleep. But we eat down there. We go back to earth. And I thought, oh, isn't this wonderful? And I was afraid of it. I was afraid of dying to come to this. Wow, this is perfection plus perfection plus perfection. This is wonderful. While we're right under the altar, that was it. Right under the altar, waiting for the coming. So the update is this. My little daughter has now been restored to her original father who knew her before I did. When she left heaven 44 years ago, she left as a thought. She returned as that thought expressed. She left without pre-existing in the theophany. But the thought come out of this mortal body, which had so much hardship and difficulty. And the thought completed its journey. And the whole cycle of her face. You see, the faith she believed every day for God to heal her was the same faith that accumulated to help her to walk into that sixth dimension. She didn't lose the battle. Oh, no, she didn't lose no battle. It was that same faith believing. And when the resurrection comes, she will come out of there. Praise God. If, if, if we're alive, whenever that takes place, she'll appear down to Parker House 101, Coil Run first, and then she'll come up to 209, Coil Run Court next. She might stop at Lisa's next. But she'll come right down through there. What are we going to see? I told Carol the other night, we was laying in the bed talking about it. I said, I'll tell you one thing. On that resurrection morning, if we are alive, I imagine there's going to be all kinds of saints that's going to show up at our house. Some folks ain't got but a mom over there and a daddy over there, but I've buried a whole bunch of them since I've been here. Brother Alan McKinney's going to show up at my house. Brother Homer Arnold's going to show up at my house. There's going to be Sister Clark come shouting down there. Well, bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Hallelujah. There'll be one saint after another showing up. Glory to God. The prophet said you look around and you know it won't be long. You're going to be changed. And all of a sudden, a sweep comes over you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. There is your current update. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, I sat and cried. And 
tears running down on my eyes as I sat and prepared this. And it was glorious. I thought you'd like it. I thought you'd be blessed by it. But in all them wonderful quotes and all that, it still didn't patch that hole in my heart. So you know what we need? We still need your prayers. I do not believe our Father has ever or will ever make one mistake. And I told him yesterday, my Father, you make no mistakes and you are perfect. But sometimes your perfect will brings such pain to us. I remember hearing it years ago when I first came to the message, and I think it was 1951, one of the last stories, and the prophet said, God... You have broken my heart time and time and over and over again. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Well, I'm still working on that part. How many understands? Oh, yeah, it's easy to receive blessings and victory and all those things. But I'll tell you, when he takes your heart and it's like he tears it in two, you still need help and grace. Praise the Lord. I don't know how that works over there exactly. I find it hard to believe that they'd be able to look from there and look down here at sin and all this, you know, all, all, all that there. No doubt it's a selective type of stuff that the Lord allows them to see. And Paul said even in his age, that were compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Paul had been in the Roman circus. And actually the words that he uses there in the book of Hebrews is the words that was used in the Roman circus. And he said that we were spectators. <clears throat> there were spectators there as the angels. And he said that we were those that were being placed in the arena. And we were being laughed at and made fun of. And he said, we're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. So it was like, again, the setting of the Colosseum. And the games were being held. And it's like you and I are on the stage. The ages are watching us. The angels are watching us. What about it, little Parker girls? Their mom was able to look beyond the curtain of time. What do we want to tell her? We love you, Mama. We always will. We're going to meet you, Mama, because you taught us well. Carol, what you going to tell her? Oh, a mother's love. So painful. It's unnatural for your children to go before you. You understand what I mean when I say that? She awoke this morning, wet her pillow with tears. I reached over and pulled her over close to me. She wet my arm, my pillow, as I wet mine the night before. And I come down past Seven Brew by ETSU, where I'd stopped and got Erica so many drinks and take them to her to the hospital. Stop and get her some kind of latte, frappe with frost, with pumpkin, something other, this, that, and the other. 
I had to pull off the road because my eyes were so teared up, I couldn't see. But the update is, all is well. All is well. I've got one more reason to go to heaven for than I had three weeks ago, Brother Phil. And just in case you're wondering, oh, Brother Donnie, is he going to be so down? Is he going to just be so discouraged? Is this going to break his spirit? Surely to goodness, you know me better than that. If hell thought this was going to weaken me, they have already been greatly discouraged. Oh, if hell thought. Are you still going to pray for the sick with all of my heart? You're going to have prayer lines? Absolutely. We're carrying right on because that's what we're called to do. And the church said, Heavenly Father, I trust, I hope, I pray every person under the sound of my voice tonight has a body there. The prophet, when he talks to his church there some three years or so after this happened, and he said, or I'm sorry, five years it was, he said, the quickening power helped me look over there. And I saw all of you all there. Oh, praise the Lord. Lord God, hard may be the journey, difficult may be the trials, but we are going to make it by the grace of God. I pray for everyone here tonight, Lord. I, I know it's not just the Bab family and the Hitt family and the Parker family and the Reagan family that is, that is grieving. The church is grieving, Lord. Lord, just this week getting emails from India and Africa, and I thought, my goodness, here it is, my daughter that's been taken, and I'm having to spend all this time with scriptures and quotes and all of that trying to encourage people around the world to not be discouraged and not be down. And it's my daughter that was taken. But Lord, somehow her little life impacted so many people. Thank you, Lord. I pray you would encourage your children, Lord. Thank you, Father. We believe she has tasted the sweet victory of the redeemed. Glory to God. And the report, of course, I haven't heard from her myself, but I heard from the astronaut that went up there and come back. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to God. She left us a forwarding address. Sixth dimension, seventh church age, Elijah the prophet, the messenger. So when we all leave these bodies, we will be transferred or transmitted into that realm. It will also be our new address. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you comfort every heart here tonight? Lord, I know some of these sisters still grieving for their husbands. 
Lord, Sister Janet Lehman's still missing Brother Gene. Lord, me and Carol's talking about Brother Charlie, Sister Chevy today. How many years Brother Tracy's been gone from us? I still miss him sitting on the front. That's right, honey. Oh, glory to God. One day I'll see him, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, keep us true. Keep us faithful, Lord. If I have to go that way and they have a funeral here for me, may the preachers be able to stand and give a current update of my status. Grant it, Lord God. We love you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All friends, may the Spirit of God just search your heart there tonight. It's perfect love living out of you. It's perfect love what motivates you. That's the condition the church is going to be in now before it takes its change. Can we sing the hills of home? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Or do you feel like maybe, like me, Lord, I need more love? Anybody here with me? Raise your hand to God. I need more love. I need more forgiveness. Oh, Lord, help us that we'll be like that, Lord Jesus. We don't believe that's just a passing quote. We believe it's a prophetic utterance that the dimensions will blend so close together that the saints of God will be taking on that image. Lord, we can see and look around us. People are taking on the image of hell, the image of destruction and murder. They are. Oh, Lord God, then we want to take on that image of perfect love, perfect forgiveness. Hallelujah. The holy hills of heaven call Angels bright across the
sing for us going up yonder. So to summarize the latest update, 
There is no forwarding address because there is no post office there. The doctor's report, Dr. Jesus is, she'll never die. She'll never get sick again. She'll never age. She'll never get weary or worn. It's hard to believe, but I got my MediCard care card, my new one, for the year of 24 in the bayo yesterday. And I looked at it and I thought, I never thought I'd ever live to be this old that I would get that. And just all of a sudden, my mind went from me sitting at the table holding that, and I thought, Erica, honey, you didn't get a card, but you got a token promise from Jesus. And it had a little brochure in there. All of you at a certain age probably got y'all's too. Ah, some of you's nodding, yeah, yeah. And it tells your benefits. Here's your benefits, and you can call here, and you can call there in case you need help. And they got a few groceries for you, and they got a few, you know, I, I go down through them. It's called those OTC products that you get. Some of you young folks don't understand it. But they give you $110 credit every quarter. So you have to go on the paper, you know, or go online, and, and you see all these old people things. Yeah, 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 right. You see all these old people things that they've got on there. And I'm reading down there. I, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. And then I say, yet, 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 yet. <laughs> oh, but my mind went to where them beloved saints are. And I thought, my, open your book up there, children, and read your benefits. I'm telling you tonight, brother, sister, you have got so many benefits waiting. I believe we're getting a little touch of them already, don't you? By the grace of God, every time he heals somebody, it's a little touch of the body change. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints. Love you in the Lord. Come Sunday, expecting the Lord to speak to us. Bless you, brother. If you want to know. Let's worship him now. Where I'm going. If anybody asks you Christian 
Ask you. 